1: So, 12D75423, tell us about yourself.
0: Well, I'm a 1.2 litre, my clock says 60,000, but I've driven 120, I've had multiple crashes, and I have outstanding finance of double my asking price.
1: Not exactly as advertised, are we? Every second-hand car has a story to tell. Know the full story before you buy. Use the CCPC Car Buyer's Checklist and know what to look for. Find out more at ccpc.ie forward slash carchecks. From the Competition and Consumer Protection Commission.
0: Hello and welcome to another episode of Talking Point, Planet F One Very own Podcast. In today's episode, we're going to be discussing the uh, 2020 Sakir Grand Prix, the second of the two races to take place at Bahrain, and um, in many, many ways, it delivered. Um, by way, I of course mean myself, Finley Kroboda, and uh, the Planet F One editor, Michelle Foster. So, Michelle, we've obviously had had a lot of memorable races this season. You know, a lot of chaotic races with some crazy results. But uh, that was up there with the best of them, wasn't it?
1: Most well, definitely. I mean, completely unexpected. Sergio Perez taking the win. I think that was his 190th Grand Prix start. And he finally stepped onto the the top step of the podium. Um, and it just, yeah, pretty much shows Formula One what it can do
0: if, if a team such as
1: Mercedes and their
0: dominance is out of the equation. I think the fact that Sergio Perez winning a race was arguably not the biggest talking point of the race pretty much says it all, you know, but uh, I think it is where we should start because it is still a huge story nonetheless. Um, First of all, before we get into the specifics of his drive and how he won, of all the drivers on the grid that prior to it had yet to win a race, do you think there was anyone more deserving of it than, than him of finally getting that win?
1: No, definitely not. I mean, Perez has been up there for so many years. He's been pulling results out of that racing point that no one expected. Um, the only thing he had yet to do was was put it on the top step of the podium. And he did that. So well done to him.
0: Yeah, I think uh, he's a driver that really, he, he really has deserved a win for a long, long time. Um, and, I mean, obviously, you know, the likes of Hülkenberg and a lot of other midfield drivers haven't have never even, you know, got multiple podiums. I mean, Hulkenberg, let alone one. So I wouldn't say that if Perez retired without a win, he would have felt like it was a massive injustice. But uh, it does, it's definitely something that he deserves, I think. Uh, And it was great to see. Um, Obviously, there was a lot of luck involved in him getting it. But the fact that, you know, after after the first lap, he was running rock bottom, you know, he was stone dead last of anyone. Even disregarding that luck, it was still a pretty stunning drive from him, wasn't it?
1: Yeah, he went from uh, last on the first lap to first on the last lap. It was a fantastic drive for him. Uh, He didn't put a wheel wrong. I mean, the the incident on the opening lap, that was purely Charles Leclerc's fault, trying to find a gap that just wasn't there. Perez got pitched into a spin. um, And instead of putting his tail between his legs, he, he knuckled down. He did the job. And put himself in the hunt for a podium position, and that podium became a race win when Mercedes imploded. So you really got to credit the bloke. I mean, he did he did everything right. He did everything that he possibly could. Racing Point were faultless on the night as well when it came to his strategy, his pit stops, and everything. So well done to the team as a whole. It was a, it was a really fantastic result. And like you say, I don't think there's a single person in the paddock who who I mean, even poor George Russell who would feel bad about the fact that it was Perez who took the win.
0: Yeah, yeah, we'll get on to wrestling in a second, but I think um, everybody, a lot of, well, the majority of F1 fans, I think, were pretty gutted about what happened to him. But um, I, for me, at least, and I think for a lot of other people, that blow was definitely softened by the fact that it was, it was Perez that won the race. You know, I think generally the world of F1 wouldn't have really... There couldn't have been a a, a more universally popular winner. Um, Like you said, he was last at at the start of the first lap and first at the end of the last lap. It was... uh, You know, I think of the best drives this season, I think that's definitely got to be up there. Um, And, I mean, the fact is that even without the the Mercedes mishaps, you know, that handed him the victory, he still would have most likely ended the race in P3, um, which is still an incredible achievement in itself really it was just just a stunning drive in every way you know he had really strong pace he he pulled off the overtakes perfectly he manages ties as well as he always does yeah we've obviously spoken a lot in in the last few months about whether he should have a seat next season whether he should be replacing Albon at Red Bull Uh, I mean, this we 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 are already in agreement that he he should that he deserves that seat. But I mean, I'm I'm pretty sure for the majority of the F1 world, this this convinces them. Do you think this win has has been enough to convince Red Bull finally?
1: Oh, one could only hope so. I mean, the the chap really did do nothing wrong. It should have been his third podium in in three races, if it wasn't for the engine failure in Bahrain last weekend. I mean, Sergio Perez has shown himself to be a star, and it's not just this season that he's done it. He's done it in many seasons before. I don't think there's anyone in Formula 1 who doesn't feel like he's been hard done by in this racing point situation. I mean, when the driver market finished playing out, the guy who we thought was one of the most secure on the grid landed up being the one without a race seat. And again, instead of instead of sulking in the corner, he really showed all the teams what, what they've been missing, and how Red Bull have not yet announced him is, is absolutely beyond me. Um, the only thing I can think is the team did come out this weekend and said uh, for Alex, it's either Red Bull or, or nothing next season. They have no intention of putting him in the Alpha Tory. So I can only think that is why they're delaying the announcements until the very end of the season, just to give the guy every opportunity possible to actually have a job next year. But I mean, if this win doesn't sort doesn't sort that out, I mean, Perez won the race. Albon was P6. It was it was a lacklustre drive from from the tyre driver yet again. Red Bull need to put Perez in the car. There's no way. I mean, Alex had every opportunity to win this race. Max Verstappen was out of the equation. Charles Leclerc was out of the equation. Mercedes messed up their race, and yet Alex couldn't even put his car on the podium. I mean, if that doesn't say everything to, to Christian Horner and Holman Marco,
0: then they, they really aren't listening. Yeah, and the fact is that album was actually, he was pretty lucky to even get P6, you know, that was because of Mercedes falling apart, kind of bumped him up two positions. Um, and yeah, I, I, I think in a normal race, he probably would have struggled to even score points, you know, he would have maybe grabbed two or something. Um, which, yeah, I mean, the fact is that this weekend showed that Mercedes aren't the unstoppable machine so many people see them as, you know. I think it's been pretty clear for a while that Valtteri Bottas certainly isn't isn't the best driver Mercedes could have, and he's definitely beatable even in a Mercedes. Uh, they showed this weekend that in terms of pit stops, they're not perfect. So, you know, Red Bull just have to look at that, and they think if we have two really strong drivers, Verstappen and Perez, we could genuinely take the fight to them. And, well, at least I hope that's how they're looking at it now, because it's just, it's so much more exciting for the sport having Perez with Verstappen, I think, in terms of the inter-team battle. Uh, it's so much more exciting for championship battles. And it's, you know, pretty simply, it's what Perez deserves. I think the only thing perhaps more baffling than the fact that Red Bull have yet to decide to sign him is the fact that Racing Point decided to drop him for Sebastian Vettel. Uh, throughout the season, they've been, you know, pretty uh they they've stuck by their decision, you know they've obviously said how happy they are with the decision. Do you think at this point now that Paris has got a podium and a race win while Sebastian Vettel you know languished down and i he finished p twelve I believe do you think at this point they're starting to regret that decision at all?
1: I think right now they're just praying to every entity possible that two thousand and twenty is a blip on Vettel's radar and not not the start of, let's call it an extreme decline. I mean, yeah, he's had made a couple of mistakes in previous seasons, but this year it, he just hasn't been at the game. I mean, it's it's actually been quite shocking from a full-time world champion how off the pace he's been compared to his teammates, never mind compared to the likes of Mercedes, Red Bull, or even Sergio Perez. So, yeah, I don't think Racing Point's going to be regretting their decision at the end of the day Vettel is a four-time world champion. Um I think they're just going to be praying like I said that it's a it's a one-off bad season for him.
0: Yeah, yeah, I think uh if that turns out not to be the case, then it will go down as one of the one of the worst decisions a team has ever made. Uh especially if Perez goes to Red Bull and nails it there, but uh yeah, I mean, I, I, you know, I'm not saying that I I hope it happens because I like like most people who watch the sport do really want to see Vettel back in his best, um, back in form, back as the driver that we did see win four world uh, titles. But uh, there is a part of me that thinks it would it would be karma in a way for the team for Racing Point soon to be known as Aston Martin um, for me, for for making such a a baffling decision and getting rid of Perez. But yeah, you know, the fact is that at the moment, uh, we don't really have to think about that. We can just enjoy the fact that Sergio Perez is a Formula One race winner, which, uh, yeah, feels really good to say. And it's been, been a long time coming as well. It's been a long time coming. Um, just quick word, you know, obviously joining them on the podium was Esteban Ocon, who went pretty pretty much under the radar in the chaos that, that it took place in, in front of him, but that was his first ever podium as well. Um, and it was a re- result that he really needed, wasn't it?
1: It was a result that he desperately needed. I mean, in the in the paddock on Friday, there was a rumour going around that Pierre Gasly has already signed or has an agreement in principle for the Renault race seats in 2022. So Ocon really needed to show what he can do. You know, like Perez, you could argue the fact that he benefited from other people's misfortunes, but I mean, how often in Formula One, unless you're Lewis Hamilton, do you win a race by benefiting from other people's misfortunes? It's it's pretty much uh, the story that that happens. You know, so yeah, well done to him. I mean, it was it was really good for him. It was nice to see somebody else new on the podium. Um, in a season that's just been absolutely weird in every way, shape, or form, yeah, it's it was a great result for him and give him a lot of confidence going into next season. I mean, next year he's going to be up against Fernando Alonso, and if if there's ever a driver to be scared of having to take on, I mean, Fernando Alonso would have to be right there with the best.
0: Yeah, and uh, Alonso was also there watching um, as well at the race, so. Sure, it would have felt good for Ocon to, you know, lay down a marker, show that he's not just going to be this easy number two driver. God, I mean, just thinking about it, you know, I don't have the numbers to hand or anything, but we've had some some crazy podiums this year, you know. We've had we've had so many midfield drivers finishing the top three. I mean, when was the last time you think this happened?
1: Um, The last time I remember a crazy Formula One season would have to be 2012 when we had, uh, I think it was seven different winners in eight races or six different winners in seven races, something bonkers like that. It's fantastic to see at the moment that Formula One is sort of the door is opening to the midfield to play a role in the podium fights. Um the only downside is that invariably it's a Mercedes 1 2 on the top step and then the rest gets a fight over the next over the next position third. It would be really nice if we could have everybody or at least the midfield fighting for the victories but you know hopefully in 2022 that will come.
0: Yeah, I think those kind of races you know Monza the last race in particular they've they've shown just how good the sport could be in 2022. If the regulations have that desired effect and do bring the midfield closer to Mercedes, uh, maybe even level with Mercedes. I mean, because I mean, if you take Mercedes and Verstappen out of the equation, then we'd be having an unbelievable title fight right now. So, yeah, I think watching races like that, you just you can't help but just hope that the 2022, 2022 regulations do have the desired effect. Because then we could, yeah, we could have some pretty unbelievable season with the drivers on the grid that we've got. Moving on, I think, you know, like I said, even though Pérez won, he probably wasn't the biggest story of the day. And I think that's, that's largely because of George Russell, pretty much, and how he did replacing Lewis Hamilton. For for both him and Valtteri Bottas, I think it was probably, perhaps, the most important race weekend of their careers. Yeah, I mean, some people called it a, a showdown for, for that second seat at Mercedes. And, in a way, it really did feel that way. And ultimately... Despite the, the cruel nature of the result, it's, it's a showdown that Russell, Russell pretty much won, didn't he?
1: Oh, Russell won it convincingly. I mean, it's, it was embarrassing, actually, if you think about it. Valtteri Bottas did take pole position, um, but I think by 200th of a second ahead of Russell. Yes, it is a short track, which would make the gap smaller, blah, blah, whatever you want to say. The point of fact is George was right there. Mercedes' debut, he qualified his car second. He hasn't been the best of starters, he's acknowledged this, and the race began, and he just, he blitzed Bortus. He took the lead immediately. Uh, prior to the botched pit stop, he was leading by five seconds. I mean, the reports were basically already written, you know, George Russell wins showdown on his way to Sakhir Grand Prix win, and then unfortunately, Mercedes absolutely cocked it up for them. But George did everything right, and then even after the botched pit stops, he lined up, I think he was fifth to Bordes' fourth, made short work of Bordas. Just, yes, Bordas was on older tyres, given the fact that Mercedes had put his old tyres back on his car in the process of that crazy pit stop. But, I mean, George made Bordas look like he was standing still, and then he was storming through, got his way up to second place, was chasing down Perez, gap was like two seconds only to suffer a puncture. So he finished behind Bottas at the end of the results. but I think everyone knows who was the winner in that one. It was very much George Russell, and Valtteri Bottas should be worried. Um, I really think he should start having conversations with teams about a 2022 drive, because if Mercedes don't put him into that car in 2022, well, you know what? I think they're going to. I don't think there's any... There's any option after Sunday's Sunday's race George showed he deserved it and yeah well done to him just again gutted for him that he lost the win but first points in formula 1 fastest lap of the race good old George
0: yeah yeah it's something isn't it it's uh it should have been so much more though you know I, I, at one point when he was i think after the first pit stops he was 8 seconds clear of Bottas and to me i it really felt it felt similar to verstappen's first race at red bull back in um, barcelona in 2016 where it it felt like a a star was being born you know like toto wolf said it really did feel like one of those moments where we were witnessing the emergence of one of formula 1's future stars um and to be honest before before that race i hadn't been entirely convinced that russell was at that level um you know, obviously he was he has excellent Saturday pace, but he's on Sundays he'd often failed to deliver. Um, and I wasn't fully convinced that he was he had the talent to be at that level of kind of you know the other young drivers like Verstappen and Leclerc. But um, yeah, I mean, I'm fully convinced now. It was it was so impressive in in every way. You know, he 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 had the outright outright pace that we've always known he had, but also. He made some really good moves, especially late in the race when he had to when he had to recover from his team's mistakes. And you know he was just so calm and composed as well, um, which is yeah, I mean, not an easy thing to do when you're driving the car of a seven-time world, world champion expected to at least finish second. But uh, it just didn't phase him. I mean, you know, obviously you've said that uh, you said that it's pretty certain that Mercedes will give him a seat for 2022 which yeah I agree with that I think it is do you think there's any chance now that they might be thinking about giving him a seat for 2021 you know whether it be in place of Bottas you know obviously Bottas is under contract but as racing point of shade contracts can be broken um or may, maybe even do you think it could play a role in the negotiations with Lewis Hamilton?
1: Toto has said several times this weekend, because of course you can imagine that this has been <clears throat> this has been the question that's been thrown at him left, right, and centre. Um, he's adamant it's not going to play a role in negotiations with Hamilton. You know, he says there's just too much respect between the two of them for them to even have considered doing so. You know, it could have gone either way. If George's had a bad weekend, Lewis could have asked for an extra five, and if George had a good weekend, you know, Mercedes could tell him they were open to paying him five less. But, you know, it's an eight-year relationship. It's a relationship that has had so much success in that. I mean, six world titles, um, seven championship doubles have been in the equation as well. I don't think George's performance is going to impact Hamilton's talks with Mercedes in any way, shape, or form. However, Bottas is... I. Yeah, I would love to see Mercedes put George in that car for next year. I think it would be great for him to be able to learn alongside Lewis Hamilton um, in a car that that we know is, we know is a championship-winning car. We know it's a race-winning car. Bordes does have a contract in place. <clears throat> Total Wolf is is adamant that they go, they're going to honor that contract, and Williams will honor theirs with George. But... I think after this weekend's race, you know, even Finnish pundits are saying that that board is kind of he's shown that he doesn't deserve that seat. I mean, he he got his ass handed to him by the rookie, you know? So if he does stay with the team for next season, which it does look like he will, 2021 uh, is going to be his last year with Mercedes, unless he pulls a rabbit out of a hat and destroys Lewis Hamilton, and we all know that's not going to happen.
0: Yeah, I mean, you know, it, it was it was a bit of a surprise when Rosberg beat Hamilton in 2016. But the fact is, there'd been signs it was there. You know, he ended 2015 by dominating him. Um, and he got into his head as well. Whereas you look at Bottas and it's just, it's impossible to see that happening, really. Um, I think one thing that a lot of people will be wondering is, you know, obviously Russell with zero experience in the car got the better of Bottas. I think a big question is, Does that, is that because of just how good Russell is? You know, is that just because he is this, this, you know, once in a lifetime talent that's going to be the next Hamilton? Or is that because Bottas simply isn't particularly good and we just haven't taken notice of it because he's been alongside Hamilton?
1: might be a combination of of both things also thrown to the fact that the mercedes is a really good car which uh, you know daniel rick came out after qualifying and said that that does make it easier for a driver when you you step in from a bad car to a really good car it, it makes it a lot more comfortable to race but i mean even having speaking speaking about comfort um, russell was in a car that was that was too small for him he had to wear boots that were a size smaller uh, he's a size 11. He had to put his, shove his feet into a size 10 in order to in order to make it into the car, and yet he still had the measure even through all that discomfort on Valtteri Bortis. I think, unfortunately, what he really did was he showed that Bortis is an average driver. He showed that the W11 is a phenomenal car. As for whether he's shown whether he could be the next Lewis Hamilton, that that's a case of is going to tell.
0: Yeah, yeah. It's uh it's a big, big big boots to fill literally uh replacing Hamilton I think. But uh yeah, it's it, it it's a good position for Mercedes to be in I think, you know, with Hamilton uh, yeah, I, I I I'm pretty certain he'll be around at Mercedes next season. Uh, but after that, you know, it, it starts to be less clear. Um if he wins eight world titles, you know, he'll be approaching 40 sooner rather than later. So yeah, I mean, I I think Russell is pretty, pretty. Ge- I mean, yeah, he's he's certain to be in a Mercedes in 2022. I think if it's if Hamilton retires, then it will be in place of Hamilton, and if Hamilton doesn't retire, then I think it'll be it'll be in place of Bottas. Just a last word on Russell. I mean, it's obviously it has been so hard to tell because he's been at Williams, um, and it's still difficult to tell now because he did have the privilege of being in the fastest car on the grid, but. Um, just how talented do you think he is you know if you compare him to the other youngsters of this generation um compare him to Verstappen to Leclerc to Lando Norris where do you think he ranks in that group
1: yeah I think probably behind Max Verstappen in that Max really is a a phenomenal talent um a little bit of an ego on the side but when you put him in a race car he's He's really, really good. But you can remember, like, Russell has won Junior Series. He he won the FIA Formula 2. He won the GP3 Series. I mean, the guy has shown that that he really does have talent, and he's really good. Some drivers, yeah, they win in the Junior Series. They come into Formula 1, and they just don't seem to have it. I think Russell on Sunday showed us that he does have it even in a Formula 1 car. No, yeah, either he needs to step into the Mercedes or Williams need to improve their car. But unfortunately, I really don't see Williams making any great strides forward next season.
0: With the lack of regulation changes, that's difficult to happen. But um, yeah, it's a good point, you make. you know, because it is worth remembering that, you know, back when Russell, Norris and Albon were all in Formula 2 together before they were promoted, Russell was the one who won that battle. He was the one who won that title. And... He won a lot of championships before that as well, you know, against a pretty strong, a pretty strong generation, you know, a pretty strong group of drivers, and I, I think that in hindsight, you know, right now he's going to be, he'll be gutted, obviously, that he didn't get the, get the win that he deserved, um, but I think in hindsight he's going to look back at this as a really, uh, one of the best weekends of his career, you know, because I think it has, it has showed. Not just Mercedes, but it showed the world, you know, the uh, the world of Formula One in general, that he is that he is that good. Um, even if he's failed to score a point for so long, that it, you know he has proved that he really is one of those top top talents. Um, and I think you know, in 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 a few years' time, if he has become this multiple race winner or perhaps even a title winner, I think um, then this week this race weekend will people will look back on it and think of it as. Maybe the start of George Russell in a lot of ways. I think as well, the f- the fact that a-, a move to Mercedes sooner rather than later is perhaps made more likely by the fact that, um, I mean, one, by the fact that Williams allowed him to go to Mercedes this weekend. Um, you know, the, it's another sign that the ownership at Williams is a bit less protective of him than uh, than Claire Williams was. And also the fact that Williams seemed to have a pretty a pretty handy driver, a reserve driver in Jack Aitken.
1: Yeah, I think Jack did really well. I mean, he stepped into a back-of-the-grid car, which, of course, is never is never ideal. Um, he did out-qualify Kimi Räikkönen in the Alfa Romeo and Pietro Fittipaldi in the Haas. Again, that was pretty impressive. I mean, Kimi Räikkönen, the most experienced driver on the field. Uh, Jack Aitken, a rookie, you know? He he did make a mistake in Sunday's race. I think he had a spin, if I remember correct. Yeah, uh, still brought his car home in 16th place. I, I think Jack. I think Jack did a, a solid race. It was, yeah, there was a lot of that race that that went right for him. Um, unfortunately, you kind of get the feeling like unless this is a case of uh, George Russell will be back in the Mercedes for this weekend's Abu Dhabi race, that was probably a one-off for Jack. Unfortunately.
0: One of those unlucky drivers that, unfortunately, can't bring too much other than his talent, which, you know, should be enough, but ultimately isn't a lot of the time. Um, I mean, one one last word, I think, on this race. You know, I think there's uh, obviously Russell, Bottas, parents with the big talking points, but um, I think it's worth w- w- worth quickly discussing the track that we had. Um <laughs> because i mean obviously sub you know laps of well under a minute uh, 87 laps of the race not quite an oval but uh, the closest thing we're going to get in formula 1 it was yeah it was it was the most unique layout let's say that we've had in the sport in a long time um given the race we had do you think um is it is it something you'd want to return to in the future yeah i i didn't think
1: it was a bad race at all um you know the the biggest concern heading into the race, given the 3.5 and like you said the sub-minute, sub-minute lap, was that there'd be absolute chaos in qualifying and also in the race. Uh, and there wasn't. You know? I mean, a few yeah, a few drivers did trip each other up, and you know, leaders had to work their way through traffic and stuff. But there wasn't the there wasn't the chaos and confusion. And the mayhem that had been predicted. So yeah, I think I think the outer circuit delivered. It was interesting. It was different, and and I wouldn't mind seeing another race taking place
0: on the circuit. I think it it, it would be in danger of becoming a bit a bit dull if drivers all became really familiar with it. You know, I, I yeah. This like I said, this weekend was made a lot more interesting by the fact that there were a lot of lot of mistakes. You know, there was obviously the first corner incident with Leclerc, Verstappen, and Perez, and then there was. Jack Aitken brought out safety car by um, losing his front wing hitting the barriers at the final corner. Um, so I do think that you know it is it is a regular fixture on the calendar. It would maybe become a bit a bit same old um, as drivers got used to it. But I think you know it could be worth alternating it with the normal Bahrain layout. You know, year in year out, because to be honest, in the in recent years, the the normal Bahrain track hasn't exactly produced the best races anyway. Um, I think, uh, yeah, in a, in a lot of ways, it definitely delivered that kind of track. And it is nice to just have something different on the calendar as well, I think. God, we've only got one race of the season left, which is, uh, yeah, it's a strange thought in a way. It uh, It is one of the shortest seasons that Formula One has had in a long, long time. But um, I don't know, it doesn't really feel that way, does it? <laughs>
1: No, I mean, it feels like it's suddenly coming to a mad rushing end. Uh, you know, three races to end the season does unfortunately make it feel a bit a bit longer than normal. But yeah, ending in Abu Dhabi next weekend, uh, final race. Unfortunately, not the final race for Roman Grosjean. He unfortunately has gone home to Switzerland to get his hand seen to because I think the one burn is not healing quite as it should be. So, yeah, his Formula One career unfortunately came to a premature end with last Sunday's crash. Uh, we wish him all the best, both for his future and for his health. Um, I'm pretty sure I'm pretty sure his wife and his kids are, are really looking forward to to having him back home and having him safe. Uh, but yeah, I mean he's he's hoping for a good a good final race to the championship. P three is still up for grabs. Um, I think in the constructors, P4 in the drivers, uh, Perez has that by 13 points ahead of Daniel Ricciardo. So yeah, there's there's still going to be a lot of fun and games next weekend.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, um, Abu Dhabi often, you know, if there's not much to play for, um, doesn't doesn't produce the best racing. But uh, like you said, I think there is a lot to play for. You know, there's yeah, there's battles in the championship. There'll be standing drivers, um, at least one, maybe maybe. Uh, two more, if Hamilton can't return. Um, yeah, just to mention Roman Grosjean. I think uh, yeah, I've been a, a massive fan of him since he since he joined the grid in two thousand and twelve. Uh, maybe maybe one of few, um, especially as time's gone on. Um, but I have been, and yeah, it's uh, it, it, it's never right. I think for a Formula One driver to finish their career uh, in that way, you know, with uh, not being able to do it on their own terms, um, but when it was announced he'd be leaving i thought oh well after he's driven his last race i'll feel really gutted about it but to be honest uh i don't feel the way i'm just just happy that he's that he's uh alive basically that he's healthy um and i'm sure that's the way he feels as well but yeah one more race and yeah like we said that's next week in Abu Dhabi. um well michelle thanks for coming on today always a pleasure fendi and uh, as always, thanks to uh, everyone for listening. Um, like I said, we'll be back next week for the for the episode on the final race of the season. Um, and in the meantime, then be sure to keep an eye on our website, planetf1.com, um, to find out if Lewis Hamilton will be coming back for it, or if we get to see Russell and Mercedes again. And keep an eye on our social media channels as well. Our Facebook is simply planetf1, and our Twitter is planet underscore f1. Also, if you've uh, if you've enjoyed this episode and you've enjoyed the rest of the episodes that you've lived through this season, then uh, be sure to leave us the reviews on Apple Podcasts too because, uh, yeah, it goes a really long way to helping us out. So, yeah, thanks again for listening and we'll see you next week. Bye.
1: the all-new hyundai i20 ireland's fastest growing small family car this year the motor press say the old guard need to be wary of being overtaken see what they mean by taking a test drive in the striking all-new hyundai i20 the daring super mini that's shaking up the competition visit your local hyundai dealer today fastest growing small family car this year based on the most recently published monthly figures